and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Cathy Reid and this week I'm joined by my glorious friend, Shay Martins-Allen. Hello. Hello. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very honoured to have been invited. Well, you were on our original list of people we wanted to interview, so it's lovely to have you here. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very well. A little bit sleep deprived? <laughs> a little bit, but you know what? She's not a bad baby. She's giving us kind of like 12 to 3 and then feed and then like 4 to 7, which is not bad. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, that could, that could be a lot worse. It could be. <laughs> I've just met Shay's beautiful daughter, Isabella, and got a little bit broody, but it's fine. It's fine. A few years, a few years. So we're going to start with a word association game which you gave me the inspiration from. Shay also has a podcast called The Middle of the Road. I do. Shout out. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in politics, which we all should be, you should listen to it. Um, and I caught that idea from her, so thanks for that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so here is our word association game. Isabella. Beautiful. Soho House. Ooh, pretentious. <laughs> Barcor. Strength. Music. Love. Gin and tonic. Amazing. Politics. Frustrating. <laughs> Trump. Cockwomble. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Tutoring. Stressful. Sleep. Deprived. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> deprived <laughs> so Shay you have um two jobs really you are a history and politics and also an 11 plus tutor um and she's very good she gets everyone into the top private schools um but you're also a singer songwriter um which is why we want to talk to you today uh what got you into this and has music always been a part of your life uh yeah it has actually it kind of became more serious uh when I was about sort of 15 16 so I started singing a lot from about 11 12 but when I got to GCSE music stage um my school was amazing in terms of the facilities we had pianos everywhere uh and we basically I spent most of my (laughs) lunch breaks and break times in the music corridor like playing the piano making up my own songs and when we had to do composition for GCSE music that's when I really got into my songwriting and really started to enjoy writing songs singing my songs playing the piano uh and then from then on started being in lots of bands working with lots of people um went to university did more and more of that and then by the time I went to university I was like this is what I want to do this is like singing and songwriting is what I want to do most of the time so yeah from there that's when I kind of GCSE music I would say is the pivotal point of when it started becoming really serious for me and do you just play the piano or do you play other instruments as well I just play the piano uh but yeah singing and playing the piano at the same time is the is the plan (laughs) It's harder than it looks, people, as well. (laughs) So what did you study at uni? So I studied history and politics at university. I did consider studying music, but the courses, the music courses at university I found were very, very heavily classical. And I wasn't going down the classical music route. So it was either doing that or going and doing a sort of pop music 
degree as it were and I didn't want to go in, into that either and then I went to SOAS and I did look at the music department that was world music so I'd be playing kind of instruments that were really different which was fascinating but I just thought okay I'll keep my music thing to doing what I want to do with music and then let's do the academic thing for my degree and then I'm going to mix the two which has actually proven quite useful. Yeah well yeah definitely like as we said you have two jobs and yeah. They're both related to what you did as a, as a teen and in your early 20s. Um, so getting on to mental health, as that is the point of this podcast. Um, have you ever struggled with mental health in the past? Um, because I have a lot of friends who have, I would probably say no, because I kind of I know what anxiety looks like. I know what depression looks like. So I would say quintessentially no, but I would say in terms of being a performer and a creative, definitely, I think we face challenges in terms of comparing ourselves to others and, you know, stressing out about whether we're good enough, sort of perfectionist issues. I would say my main, I don't know if you could call it a mental health issue, but I think it is actually, is struggling with perfectionism. As in, you know, am I as good as I need to be, uh, was this performance good enough, sort of picking apart what I'm doing, that I would say was has probably been my biggest issue. Yeah. Have you found that with kind of the explosion of social media in certainly the past five years, I'd say, have you found that that has been worse because you're much more exposed to other people's work and it's just right there in front of you? In certain ways, yes. So in... In the way that, um, you know, you kind of look at social media and you see someone's done some amazing video or does some amazing performance and you're thinking, how did you get that that sort of link to that venue? How did you do that video without spending loads of money? Who helped you? That kind of thing, quite destructive because people put obviously their front foot forward and they make it look easy. It looks as if, oh, I, I just happened to do this yesterday and it was so easy you don't actually get the backstory of how much work went into it that's quite difficult because your mind sort of runs away with you you think well I don't, how did they do it and I can't do it and therefore I'm crap and they're great um on the other hand it is a great medium for being able to put your stuff out there and just show people so it's a kind of catch-22 situation um it's bad on the one hand good on another hand so tell us about the kind of music that you um, produce. What does creating music do for you? Oh, that's a good question. So I kind of have, at the moment, I have sort of three things going on. So I work with a pianist, Paul, um, and we kind of write songs together in a more sort of quintessential way. Um, and we often take, we do a lot of covers as well. So we take covers and we kind of do them in our style. So that's cool. And then I have a band a clap and thunder thing which is kind of electro pop which is cool which is more slightly more outside of my comfort zone because I don't do the producing but I write the top lines and things like that mm. and then I've recently just been working with a house producer and done a single with him so I think in order to answer your question creating for me is I don't know how to describe it. it sounds quite cheesy a little bit like when Billy Elliot walks into that room and they say how does it feel when you dance and he goes electricity and then the, and then the song starts yeah. but as cheesy as that sounds I personally haven't the feeling that I get when I've written a song and we're performing it and it works there is no other feeling in my life 
that has kind of come close to that, apart from maybe getting married, having a child. But it's it's that those two are also highlights. But outside of those things, the exhilaration, the feeling that I get from having accomplished things in music mm-hmm. is definitely by far the best. And so I don't know how to describe it, but it just things click into place and you just know and you know when you're singing that song or you know when you're writing it, you're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm sure dancers get that when they do a piece, actors and actors get that. Everyone in the creative industry, you know, you explain those things to another creative and they're like, they get you. A little bit like when I watched La La Land, I just felt like other creatives just understood La La Land on a level that maybe other people who weren't creatives didn't. I don't know how to describe it, but it was just something was quite, you know, just it stood out for me, that film. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of just the kind of anxieties that creatives go through, um, especially, yeah, I, I just thought that film was a good representation of a little bit of, you know, what your mind does to you when you're struggling to get to the top, as it were. Yeah. (laughs) So talking about the mind again, do you ever get, um, like, writer's block or do you get an idea and you can't put it down? Like, how does that affect you when you're writing? That's a good question, actually. I've got, um, I feel like I sort of take quite an academic approach to songwriting, which is a bit odd. Um, Basically, if I set myself an hour where I actually really concentrate and go, like, I need to get something out in that hour, I can actually be quite productive. I'm not a very sort of creative person when it comes to the creative process. When I'm doing it, I am. But I kind of have to set aside time and go, so on Thursday from 12 to 2, I will be doing songwriting. And then if I actually concentrate rather than, you know, looking at my phone and getting distracted, (laughs) good things can actually come out. I'm a bit bit odd like that I am a bit odd but if something if I really like a beat that someone's given me or like a yeah a little snippet of music that I can write really quickly so if there's some times where a producer's given me something and I really really like it so I can sort of write it in five minutes yeah that's quite rare but it does happen yeah yeah it's it's quite interesting um and quite unusual because we had a choreographer on who said that they have a notebook by their bed because they'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go, oh, that's what I want to do with that. I want, I want to, that's how I want that to be. Um, that's how I want that to look. Um, and I think it's quite unusual for someone in the creative arts to be able to just be like, right, I'm going to write this. But maybe that's because you have done an academic degree and yeah. and part of your work is in academics so you've got yeah. both you've got like the left and the right side of your brain yeah which I am, I am a bit of a split personality when it comes to that and I think probably my biggest frustrations with the music industry come from the fact that people are not sort of business-like or academic about the way they go <laughs> go about things I'm like but you said you would arrive at this time or you said that you would get back to me by this time so I, I take quite a professional attitude towards it and then that irritates me so yeah that's it's my split personality yeah. brain uh-huh. <laughs> But it clearly works. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. So what would you like to achieve with your music over the next couple of years or or further into the future? It's a good question. So I've always wanted to basically, if I could uh, be financially fine just doing music, that would be my goal. So basically earning a living from just doing music. Um, however, that's slightly changed. I'd probably like to earn money from 
three things actually now. So over the, I've got, I've given myself till about 35 to achieve this. <laughs> so I'd like to earn money from music, earn money from just doing something political in terms of A-level politics tutoring or doing workshops and things like that because I'm I am really passionate about it and sort of educating people on I, I just think that people are so mi badly informed about certain things in terms of how the voting system works in this country or knowing things about the Northern Irish Parliament that they know nothing about which is why we're in the deep shit doo-doo that we are now in Brexit because people just have no clue about the Good Friday Agreement or things like that um so that kind of thing. So yeah, the politics, the um, music, and then thirdly, the podcasting. Yeah. I quite like to earn money from podcasting. It is possible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it takes a lot of work. But mm -hmm. I think that would be yeah, that'd be great. So those three things would be good. But yeah, if I could be self sufficient from music, that'd be excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the dream for us all, isn't it? <laughs> it would be great. I'd love it. Um. So so talking about podcasting. Um. That's obviously a bit for a creative outlet because yeah. you're creating content. I, I know that um, Scarlett and myself have found over the past few weeks that um, creating something and putting it out there and getting um, feedback on it is is, is quite rewarding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how how did the idea for your podcast come about? And um, what did you get? I know you're not doing it at the moment because yeah. of Isabella, but what yeah. did you get in the eight weeks leading up to um, having Isabella uh, creatively from that? Um, I got a lot from it. It was actually really interesting I, it, it came from the fact that I would see myself as politically a centrist and I wanted to test that out to see whether if I interview people from the left and the right hand spectrum of politics whether I felt more pulled in one direction than the other mm -hmm. or whether I did kind of have a sort of middle of the road as it's called approach to the issue mm -hmm. um, and actually I learned a lot I had some amazing people come on and chat and really challenge me um, and it was it was great but you're right it is creating content so mm. I haven't actually thought about it like that's probably why I find it so fulfilling because I am actually being creative but in a different way but yeah. I've you know doing the games and finding out different things about people is a creative process yeah. in and of itself so that is actually probably why I'm really enjoying it yeah. <laughs> thanks for helping me discover that <laughs> that's all right well keep an eye out for um season two everyone season it's two. on um it's on apple podcasts as we are uh, yeah. So just type in middle of the road and you will find it. So you recently became a mum to the beautiful Isabella, who's six weeks old. She is. Yeah, yeah, six weeks old. And she's, oh, she's so pretty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, how do you plan to still stay creative and have your life alongside being a mum? Okay, so this is a good question. And I have to say, you know, a lot of the rhetoric around being a parent and especially about being a mum in inverted commas I would actually say is quite bad because what happens is a lot of emphasis is put on the fact that your life is going to completely change and especially on women that you know uh being a mum is all consuming now I'm not saying obviously it has been a it has been a big change but one I would consider myself to be a, a parent and there is another parent there who is my husband, Simon. So it is not just me because I feel like a lot of the rhetoric is very female mum centred. Mm -hmm. um, so I think people sort of have to change their perspective that they're in a partnership. And for us, definitely, we've approached this very, very 50-50. So we're like parents and we love our daughter and she's fantastic. But I don't feel like I'm on my own in any way. And I don't feel that... 
being a mum will stop me from doing any of the stuff that I was doing. And that is in huge part down to the fact that I have a husband who also believes the same thing. So he's extremely encouraging and supportive and also sometimes will put his career on the back seat to make sure that I get to do my stuff. And that is actually quite rare for men unfortunately it is rare that men sort of look at the situation and go okay it's not only my career that needs to advance how does my wife's career need to advance and he also doesn't see me as solely responsible for the childcare. so that's the other thing I find very problematic is that childcare issues are to do with women well they're not to do with women they're to do with people i.e the two people that brought the child into the world so the childcare should affect the man as much as it affects me i do understand practically that breastfeeding and i am breastfeeding makes that difficult because obviously reliant on you for food so you can't be as mobile but to be honest i've been tutoring for like six or seven years i worked really hard to get myself into a position where yeah i now command a certain fee and have experience that means that I can ask my clients to come to my house which means I can work from home and means if I need to do emergency breastfeeds I can and that means that we have a nanny who helps us because I, I went back to work after a month we have a nanny that helps us a couple of times uh, a week and you know basically feeds her and looks after her with a bottle and things like that so we've got a good system going the amount of people who raise their eyebrows they're like you're going back to work after a month I'm like yeah because I worked really hard to get myself into a position where I could work from home and still go to the studio and still do all of my like, creative stuff um because I think it's important for me to have a life like I love my child to bits like she's the best thing that like, ever happened to me and I would defend her with my life and she's incredible but I'm still a person, I still have my life, and I think that makes for a healthier, better parent, because she, you know, I have other stuff going on, and I have her, she's obviously my first priority, but I have other stuff going on, so I would just encourage other people, especially women, you can do it, if you get certain things in place, yes, you have to be more organised, but you definitely, it's not a, like, my life is over because I have a child, Uh, like, it's the end, it just doesn't have to be like that at all, you can still do all the stuff you were doing before, but you just have to organise your time better. You have you have less time to piss about, is what I would say. <laughs> you don't have as much time to kind of just be frivolous, but if you are organised, you can prioritise and still do the things that you love. Like, I've still been to the studio. I released, like, a single, like, three or four days afterwards. So, I mean, you can do these things. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, amen to all that. <laughs> that's so great yeah how how long after Isabella was born did you so release we, a single we yeah it was like probably like the week after but we had already been planning to release a single like the first week of September and I just happened to be due the first week of September so they they coincided but everything was already sorted so all I had to do was sort of plug it on social media which is fine to do when you're breastfeeding and laying about at home basically yeah, yeah. so it's fun yeah. There's some super cute pictures of Isabella with the with the record and she's like so tiny and she's the record's bigger than her. It's so sweet. <laughs> so obviously being a creative is um it's, it's viewed as a pretty difficult life. <laughs> people are like if you can do something else do it. And um I know that most people just want to who are in the creative arts kind of just want to do that. Um there has recently been a little bit of news about um, a lovely lady who was in 42nd Street who um, got pregnant, went on maternity leave and then came back and did a job share, um, which 
we all think is a huge movement forward because I don't think that having a baby should stop you from being able to be an actress um, in particular. So um, being a creative parent, um, what advice would you give to um, people who are maybe considering having a baby but are thinking, oh, I should maybe put it off because I, I want to do this job or I want to do that job? What, what advice would you give to them? That's a very good question. So first of all, I would say just in general having a baby is never convenient whether you're a creative or not <laughs> so there will always be something that you could be you would say oh I, I could do this with my time instead of having a baby when you get to the stage where you go where you realize this that there is no convenient time have a baby then because you <laughs> you have then come to that realization and that's exactly what happened to us we were like there is no convenient time like even if I was touring around the world and I was on album number three I would go well I've got to release album number three. So maybe this isn't a good time to have a baby. So it's just a continual thing. So you just need to get over it and just do it. That's the point number one. And number two, in terms of being a creative and doing it, I would say just make sure that you are true to yourself. And you, if you want to, if you're a creative person, you you have to find that outlet somewhere. So you just do you and the baby will fit in with it. Obviously they become they are a priority, so your priorities change, but you can still do that. And it is healthy, it is very, very healthy for you as a person to pursue your individual dreams because you teach your child through that. Like I have, I had a mother who was, had a mother, I still have a mother, but my mum is an immigration judge and she was always working and she taught me so much through having that job. Like I know about probably most civil wars that happened in the world between at, during while she was a judge because she was dealing with asylum uh, seekers from those countries so when I went to Sri Lanka on honeymoon for example I was able to talk to the driver about about the Sri Lanka civil war and Tamil tigers and, and the fight between the Sinhalese and the Tamils because my mum constantly came home with with cases about those things so she taught me stuff by having a job you can teach your kids through having that job like if you're creative and you're pursuing your dreams those things will communicate to your child and they're going to be healthier and great as a result of it so I think it's it's a good thing you don't need to spend 24 hours a day constantly with your child doing every single thing all the time in order to be like a good parent or a good mother it's nonsense they like just do you and they will see you doing that and get confidence from that that's great yeah absolutely just so if you want a baby just crack on and have one basically obviously you have to be responsible and i caveat this with look some people have very difficult births some people have more difficult babies we are really blessed and really lucky to have a baby that came out basically dead on time we had a very good birth experience she's really chilled she really only cries if there's if she's pooed herself or (laughs) or she wants food she's pretty easy to read so and also I have a husband who's who really takes his responsibility as of as as a father really seriously so we are doing it 50 50 so but if you have those things in place it is absolutely fine And you should be back on the stage, back dancing, back singing, back acting and doing what you love pretty much straight away. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Ignore the rhetoric. That's what people need to do. They need to ignore the rhetoric and do what they think is right. Yeah, absolutely. 
so obviously before you had Isabella, yeah. you um, did a lot of tutoring and you did your music, so you were balancing that. Now you have, um, now you and Simon, because you have the tutoring business together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now you both have um, a human to <laughs> to look after, as well as your tutoring business and as well as you doing music that on top of a little bit less sleep um how um are you finding balancing that now good question you have to be really organized okay so i would say my tutoring schedule i used to have people back to back to back i can't do that anymore because i need to have like half an hour 50 minute gaps to possibly go and breastfeed or go and see what's happening with Isabella. So my timetable, the way I structure it has to change. Um, with music, okay, yes, I, I still go to the studio, which is really nearby, but obviously then I have to talk to Simon about, look, can you basically, are you here for like two hours whilst I go to the studio, come back? So it's just more, whereas before I would just get in the car and go. <laughs> so I just go whenever I felt like it. So it just takes organization. You can balance it, but it takes organization. And yes, you do have to get some help. So we have a nanny three times a week who helps us. And so, but she's really, really competent and she's great, which means that we can switch off for those three or four hours because we know that in, Isabella's in really good hands for those four hours a day. So you just have to be organized, yeah. really organized. Right. <laughs> so is the whole organization, is that taking any stress on you mentally or are you finding it quite easy to deal with? Again, I think because I'm quite academic and business-like when it comes to, I'm a bit like a military machine when it comes to organisation. So on that, I'm fine. The sleep deprivation is tricky when you've had a bad night. Um, but then you have to learn to keep my sanity. You have to learn to go, you know, I can't do this today. Like that thing that I had planned, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I need to cancel. Yeah. You, ne you need to be okay about cancelling things or saying, I can't see that friend today. And also I'm quite preemptive in the way I do things. So I am already seeing a counsellor. So I, and I wanted to see a counsellor because birth and babies and stuff is a big deal. Yeah. And I just wanted to go and download that information with someone who I didn't know and just, just process it because relationships change when you have babies with your friends with your parents and all that kind of stuff it's it, everything sort of changes when you have a baby and I preemptively want to go and talk to someone about that before it gets to the stage where I'm like oh I don't really know how to handle this mm -hmm. I, I I go in before that so I'm finding that really helpful yeah. as well so I would say you know treat your mental health basically like your physical health before you get the you know, the strain or the whatever, go and deal with it. Because it is a big deal. Giving yeah. birth is a big deal. So, um, yeah, I'm quite preemptive with that. Yeah. That's so fantastic to hear. I didn't know that you were you were having counselling. And I think that there is um, sometimes a little bit of a, of a stigma. And I know that certainly when I was at... Um, college um if I was ever going for counseling or we've had people say that if they were doing they were like oh I'm at the dentist or I'm at the doctors but if you if you've been having um problems like for example I had problems with my shins when I was on a foundation course and then I went for physio um when I was at Art said because I didn't want that to become a problem exactly, so yeah. there's it's so important that you go right well I know that this is going to be a stressful time in my life so I'm going to go and do this to make sure that I am as prepared and looking after my mental health as, yeah. as I can. It's about processing it. When a lot of things have happened, you need to process it. And I've used a counsellor, I've used, I've had counselling three times in my life for specific reasons. Um, but actually, funnily enough, each time I have it, I become more preemptive. The first 
two times I would say I was already at a sort of crisis point I was basically then trying to deal with the aftermath whereas the last time I went was sort of in between I could I could feel some twinges of mm, that doesn't feel right that doesn't feel right and then this time I've been proactively preemptive so I feel like each time it's getting a bit because I don't want to I, I, obviously counseling is very very useful if you are in dire straits you should definitely go I'm not not saying you shouldn't but if you could get there a bit earlier it's always yeah. really helpful because then you've got more time to actually sort of work through it rather than going there and being on your knees and they're really dealing with just trying to just trying to push you up a little bit to be able yeah. to deal with the problem so but I'm a big 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 fan of counseling yeah. you know you just if that's what you need that's what you need and talking to someone who you don't know being able to process your feelings. I often say things that I have, I had no idea were like logged in my head, no idea. And it just sort of just comes out and you're like, oh, that's interesting. So I find it really useful in terms of like mental health. It keeps me sane, definitely. That's so great. That's really good. So what do you think needs to change um, within society to support new mums and dads who are self-employed? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think society, my, my main thing at the moment is society needs to change the language. It's the rhetoric because it's just really bad at the moment. It's just too much pressure on mums. I've seen, you know, some of my friends, my, some of my female friends as well, really sort of like struggle or in a weird sort of way rebel against some of the some stuff to do with motherhood because really all the rhetoric is so much like your life's going to change, your life's going to change. So I think... Um, yeah, society should do better with that, as in change the way they talk about it and the expectations. Um, in terms of the self-employed thing, uh, to be honest, I actually think we have it better than people who are employed because, well, in terms of our business, we choose our hours. So it's really our relationship is with our clients. So from a business point of view, it's them we need to convince. Um, and so you get to take time out when you need to and you can work when you want to. Whereas people who are employed by their, their employer, it's really, that's the person who you're dealing with. So I think self-employed is not too bad. It's just obviously you, you're worried about finding more work, but it's just about getting your clients on side. And because for us, we work with other parents of children, they can't really be, they have to understand because yeah. they did it a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really quite hard for another parent whose child you're tutoring to turn around and go, "You, I have a problem with you having your child because you're tutoring their children. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're in an industry where people are obviously much more understanding, whereas I guess in other self-employed uh, industries, it might not be like that because you're not working with people's children. But, it, um, but then you might have to do more convincing of that mm -hmm. particular client. But in our particular case, we're, we're all right. Yeah. 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 That's really great to hear. Um, so how will you in the coming years approach um, mental health and talking about mental health with Isabella and any other children you may have in the future? Uh, you, you and Simon. <laughs> yeah, I think we will definitely talk to them about, I love the fact that my mum made, my mum made counselling seem really, really normal, which I love um because she is studying she was studying psychotherapy herself so she made it she was just like look if you had a sprain in your ankle you would go to the doctors so if you feel like something's not quite right mentally 
go and see a counsellor. So we'll definitely do that for Isabella because if I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, and I think I'll also talk to Isabella just about perfectionism and some of the stuff that I've struggled with. I think I'll be really honest about it. Um, like, you know, even like quirky things. Like I always found after some performances, um, when people come up to you and they go, oh, you know, that was that was so great. Like, why aren't you signed or why are you not like, why? where's your album? Or sort of asking you questions that, are really nice because they're really enthusiastic but funny enough those that actually made me feel depressed yeah. so I used to come out of those performances I, it's, I would do a performance be on a real high and then you'd have someone who's really enthusiastic going I can't believe you're not signed I can't believe you're not famous I can't believe you don't have this this and this and that kind of conversation would just put a massive downer I mean I'd just be like this is I, I don't because I would be like I don't know why mm. <laughs> So I don't know the answers to your question, but does that mean that I've done something wrong? Have I not been pursuing this in the right way when this person is so enthusiastic, but I haven't really achieved what I thought I should have achieved by now or things like that. So I would talk to Isabella about those things because it's taken me a while to kind of get to grips with that and go, actually, you know what? I have a plan now for when those conversations happen, what I tell myself in my brain to make sure that that doesn't, end up on some sort of spiral of I feel shit today yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll be honest about it I think honesty is the best policy and getting help when you need it is really important and not being afraid to ask for help like there is nothing wrong with saying something is wrong because <laughs> it will happen to everybody there are some things especially the things that are when something happens to you that is out of the ordinary the things that I consider to be like it wasn't it wasn't supposed to happen to you that's one category so like death or grief or things like that so people losing parents or losing children or losing siblings then you really need to go get some help because that is not in the run of play those things weren't supposed to happen you need to go get help with it that's one category and then the other category is if you're just not coping with something in a way that you know you should be so things like when people have postnatal depression or something you know that's you're not coping with it in the way that you're supposed to be coping with it so go and seek help so all of these things just ask for help when you need help or if you just feel like actually I need to download I need to process my feelings I don't feel like I'm processing them quite right I need to talk to someone about this all of those things are perfectly acceptable you're not weak for doing it you're not odd for doing it it is a perfectly healthy thing to do yeah very very true so uh now to our final question um could you or do you think that people should be able to walk into a room um be it colleagues friends family and say um i'm having a bad mental health day or i'm having a i'm a wee bit anxious today or yeah what do you think um yes in the sense that if you're if you were in a work situation and you don't feel like you are performing to the best of your ability, or someone's noticed something is off, and they say, how are you? Answer honestly. Mm -hmm. If the answer is, I'm not good, people should stop doing the British thing of saying, I'm fine, Mm. because you're not fine. So in that scenario, I would say, yeah, if someone's asking you how you are, or you don't feel like you're doing things the way you should do, say it. Say that you're not having a, a good day. And then you, you probably will find that actually the conversation that you have subsequently is actually quite helpful. Yeah. 
because you've actually been honest about how you feel. Great. And perhaps that person could do one or two things that actually alleviate that anxiety. You don't know until you say it. Very, very true. <laughs> right, Shay. Thank you for a great interview. We're going to finish with um, a game of finish the... Sentence. Yes. <laughs> Being a mum has taught me that life doesn't end. <laughs> Writing music helps me. Helps me live. Yes. The thing I miss most about life before children is sleep. <laughs> Lions. Actually, I should say lions. That's what I miss. Lions. Singing helps me. Download. My favourite beverage is... Oh, I have a few. Can I have more than one? Okay, gin and tonics. (laughs) Prosecco. And a special cocktail, which is vodka. If you get... If you... Guys, if you are in a bar, get them to make this for you. Vodka, a little bit of apple juice, and mango sorbet crushed... In a cocktail. Incredible. Gonna try that. Gonna try that. Mental health to me is... Very important. And, yeah, important to maintain. My guilty pleasure is... I mean, so many. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, where do I even start? (laughs) I mean... So, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, okay, I'm going to see Magic Mike soon. I'm going to see the live performance of Magic Mike. Yeah. In where, I, Do you remember when Channing Tatum went on Britain's Got Talent and said that he's... So I'm going to that. That male strippers... Should I say, <laughs> male strippers in the Channing Tatum format of yeah. Magic Mike. Guilty pleasure. I'm, I'm not, I don't feel guilty though. No. So I don't know. The thing is, all the things that are my guilty pleasure, I don't feel guilty. I feel like perfectly justified. <laughs> I'm not guilty. I don't feel guilty about any of them. <laughs> I love it as it as it should be. It shouldn't be a guilty pleasure. Shay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been so great to chat to you and to meet lovely little Isabella. It's my pleasure. I'm, I think this is. I just want to say for the record, I think this is a great idea for a podcast. It's a really, really important issue that needs to be talked about. So the fact that you're doing this on a weekly basis, God bless you. You'll help a lot of people. Thank you so much. If you would like to be featured on the podcast or you just have any thoughts that you want to share with us, please give us an email on industrymindsuk at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at industrymindsuk. We are on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Please make sure that you subscribe and give us a little cheeky five stars if you like what you hear. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Bye. Bye.